Welcome to episode 49 of In The Saddle podcast. We're getting close to the big 50, definitely more relevant to me than our two fresh-faced young guests. We have the judge, Lucky Loaders, and Kate Clements is making an appearance on this week's podcast. We're going to be covering Saturday's meeting at Haydock, featuring the Betfair Chase and Ascot Saturday card. Chris, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Um, it was good, good weekend last weekend. Keep uh, finding these uh, nap winners on the podcast. I think that's uh, three on the spin now, so hopefully we can make it four. But yeah, looking forward to this weekend as well. Some some decent jumps action coming up, and yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into it. Yeah, let's see if we can get another one. I hope you're just not jinxed to there. Probably yeah. Yeah, how are you, Katie? Yeah, good. A uh, bit of a stressful week on my end with horses trying to find new and inventive ways to injure themselves. But other than that, everything's grand. Good. That's good to hear. Um, I was going to ask you who your favourite horse is, but I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> just, I can't um, say anything else, can I? Yeah, yeah. Just just out of interest, how, how did that sort of connection start with Cremay? Um, so I used to manage a restaurant down in Reading and Grometti's owners were regular guests there and I kept hounding them saying that I wanted to have a racer to retrain and then one day they asked me to take Grometti on. Was that how you, you got into racing or did you come from sort of a racing background or? Not from a racing background at all. Um, knew very, very little about it um, and then through meeting the McNeil family uh, figured that as they were some of the best guests we had in the restaurant, I should probably start learning about it. That's that's really interesting because obviously I know people are quite into sort of like barriers within racing. Um, it just it's strange how sometimes these things work out. But I know that you quite like a, a McNeil family runner um, at Haydock, so we'll get into that later on. We'll also <laughs> um, start at Haydock, uh, the 150 back in late on Betfair Exchange graduation chase. Chris Loader, what do you like here? Yeah, um, I thought this was quite an interesting race, actually. We had some classy types, some horses that may be a bit of a crossroads in their career, and also, as well, some horses that are clearly going to probably be outclassed by a few of these, and it's difficult to know what's going to um, turn up at this stage because we are recording this before the final decks. Um, Master Tommy Tucker would be interesting um, if he does get... Uh, declared but to me he's just a rascal and can't really have too much confidence in him we know he's got the ability but i was still a bit unconvinced by his uh, uh win at uh, huntington in that two-runner race uh, last week so he would be an interesting runner but the one that i thought might have a bit of class and still might have a little bit more to come is uh, windsor avenue for brian hughes and uh uh, Brian Ellison, Brian Hughes, champion jockey. Can't get used to saying that at the moment. I still think it's Dickie Johnson at the back of my head. But um, yeah, going with Windsor Avenue here. Um, he's got a lot of uh, promising form from last season. You know, he really did seem to take it, um, take defences very well, uh, winning on his debut at uh, Sedgefield. And then he went on to win again at Carlisle. And then he um, got outclassed. And he probably didn't run his race at all when he was comprehensively beat by. Uh, by Sam Spinner, who's no mug, um, and then uh, was put away, and uh, we saw him return in the Colin Parker behind Imperial Aura um, at Carlisle a few weeks ago, and that form looks really good. It was a good renewal of that race. You got Imperial Aura, who could appear at Ascot this weekend. Sam Brown as well, a horse that I've got a lot of time for. Black Opper as well, uh, Brewing Up a Storm. So he, he beat some 
good horses there. Just lost to Imperial Aura, but um, yeah, I think in this race he's got he's got a cracking chance. And yeah, for me, I think he's one of the ones that you would want to be having in your shortlist. Uh, currently, best price available for Windsor Windsor Avenue is nine to two. Um, just sort of looking at that form, obviously behind Sam Spinner, Sam Brown. And was that the day that we were at Ascot where I thought the winner was beat? Am I allowed? Yeah, 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 I think so. And then he then he rallied again, and then he absolutely bolted up, didn't he? he was just probably trip was a bit short for him that day. But yeah, yeah, Windsor Avenue beating Sam Brown got a lot of nice um nice form there. Yeah, certainly wasn't the end running judge that day. Um, and I think that that form behind one of Paul Callahan's favourites in Pure Laura at Carlisle was solid as well. Um, best price available Windsor Avenue is nine to two. Katie Clements, what do you like here? So I've put forward a bit of what looks like a long shot for this um, and my only McNeil pick for the day, Seddon. Um, I really like the horse on a personal level and quite interesting to see that he's recently moved from Tom George to Harry Whittington. Um, I love Harry Whittington as a trainer. Um, I think he gets a good tune out of the horses and the jump schooling that he does and sends them to Laura Collett, the event rider and things like that. I think, I don't know if he'll be a winner, but I think he'll be really interesting to see in this race. Yeah, I was going to ask you if this is a bit of inside info, but you don't seem to be giving much away. Um, outsider of the field, 25 to 1, Katie Clement, yeah. first selection. <laughs> um, it could just be all downhill from here. but that It's a hard overhead choice for sure. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. This this could be a legendary status if Seren can win. <laughs> um, anyway, so Seren, 25 to 1 for Katie Clements in the first of the 150 at Haydock. Um, moving on to the 225 Betfair Exchange Stairs Handicap Hurdle Grade 3. Back to Katie Clements, what do you like here? So I was really, really stuck on a selection for this race. So I spoke to trainer Noel Williams. And he gave me my pick for this in the Jam Man. Interesting. Think? <laughs> it's currently um, currently eleven to one. Um, yep. Does he have as much in, in hand as the real deal? Did you get that information? I didn't know. Um, I think Noel and I really like the look of him um, because he's got a bit of an inconsistent and quirky record um but i mean if you look back he's got some good wins like one by 18 lengths to roaring bull at navin and stuff like that but every time he's out they run him over different distances different styles of um courses whether it's hurdles or chase fences um and yeah, it's just very interesting to look at. So I think they're doing a really good job with his training and I think he'll continue in the same vein. Yeah, he did um, land a, a bit of a gamble in the Troyton mm. at Navin, um, 18 lengths. And um, there's a question of how far, and obviously you've got the, the famous roaring bull for commentary purposes. And yeah. <laughs> one of Chris Loder's favorites. Um, what do you like here, Chris? Yeah, um, this race is actually normally every year a really good race. In fact, the last two renewals of it have seen the winner of the Stairs Hurdle because we've had Paisley Park and Lisnagar Oscar running this race. So maybe you want to be uh, 
getting your uh, notebooks out to see what horses might catch your eye for the stairs hurdle and it's interesting actually you, you mentioned the jam man because there have been a few shrewdies that have been saying that possibly the stairs hurdle could be a long-term target and the way Ronan McNally's been going with his small string of horses the last uh, month or so with like you said the drill drill jam man uh, yeah he, he's he could well be up to maybe running a big race if he does turn up at the festival in March. Um, I've gone with a bit of an outsider here that um, that uh, I think has got a cracking chance. And I, I've actually got on at 33 to 1 each way on this, uh, this election. And that's Silver Eclipse for Sue Smith. Now, this horse does have an entry at Utoxa at the weekend, but I'm praying that they go here. Um, absolutely praying because I think it would have a great chance. Now this Silver Eclipse um, has got a fantastic record at Haydock. I think he's finished inside the first three on every single start he's had at the track and he's had quite a few and he seemed to really progress uh, very well last season. He finished uh, second behind Welsh Saint in the Potomps qualifier and both were clear of former Albert Bartlett winner uh, Kilbrick and Storm that day beat you know what I mean Harry who we saw win at um, Aintree a couple of starts ago now he would have to obviously run a career best for this um, to, to go to, to, to go close in this but I could definitely see him running well he doesn't mind the testing conditions probably be on the testing side as it seems to be every um, meeting at Haydock in the winter so that wouldn't be an issue there. Stays really well. Sue Smith likes to target winners at this meeting as well. She's um, had vintage clouds win a couple of years ago. Um, also as well, um, the horse, the Midnight Shadow, uh, finished second here last year. You know. So she does well at this meeting. Um, and her horses tend to need a run. This horse has had a run, put a line for his run at Carlisle, where actually it wasn't a bad race. Um, had Jack Amar in there, who was a winner at... Uh, Aintree on his last start so it probably wasn't a bad race at uh, Carlisle but it was probably on the short side but yeah this Silver Eclipse maybe a bit of a left field one but with that fantastic record at Haydock with probably a few extra places around on the day I think he could run well. Bet for paying an extra additional places on this race um, I just like to make sure as well this wasn't an R the 40 to 1 is available um, I can't have such that this type of behaviour on the podcast no arms allowed um, <laughs> what do you think of that Katie? Yeah, I just was going to say that that surprises me for Chris because I know how much he likes another horse in that race, um, I.K. Brunel. Yeah, I.K. Brunel, a horse um, that I've, I, I, I do like this horse, um, but he's, he's, I always think he's going to go on to better feats than what he's done. You know, he's, he's still very lightly raced. Um, I thought he was going to really be one to follow this season over fences and he still he still could but yeah his last start was a little bit unconvincing yeah it wasn't a bad novice's chase with Sean Blue Snow Leopard Death hold the note but he was quite well beaten Sean Blue could be anything this season yeah um but it's interesting that they are going back hurdling with him did win at Musselboro over three miles maybe I don't know a race like the Potomps qualifier later on in the season maybe they might try and go that route with him um but yeah he's a horse i've got a lot of time for i remember actually when he won at carlisle uh, i was uh, I, back, I backed him that day i hadn't long been out of hospital from my operation and i was watching the racing in my recovery and i remember back in ik brunel that day and 
I always said to myself, I'm going to follow this horse wherever he goes. Um, but he hasn't maybe quite lived up to the expectations that I hoped he might once have had. But you never know. Still early days with him and he could prove me wrong. Might, yeah, it might prove you wrong this weekend, we'll see. Yeah, you've, uh, you've let his eyes up, Katie. You know, <laughs> I'm right now. Um, so, Katie Clements, the jam man, best price available, 11 to 1. Chris Loder, sil- silver clips, 40 to 1. And for TriCast purposes, IQ I- Brunel, 25 to 1. Um, so, moving on to the big one. We got 3 o'clock, the bet for a chase. Um, Chris Loder, rematch, who are we with? Yeah, lost in translation, Bristol Demai. Probably will be a rematch between the two of them. Maybe a little bit of a disappointing renewal this um, this year. It's always one of the, the highlights of the National Hunt game, and we really know it's truly here every time this weekend comes along in the, in the National Hunt calendar. Um, interesting, Nicky Henderson's not got a runner in this. Uh, no Santini. It's going to go for the many clouds at Aintree. And also as well, no Champ, but that's not surprising really. When I was actually looking back at the record of this race, I was I was shocked to find that Nicky Henderson has never won this race, so maybe it's not a surprise really why he hasn't sent um, Santini here. So we've only got the five runners at the moment, and I do think the majority of them will turn up. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one to call really. I, I think Clan Zobo will need it, um, and I don't think Haydock is particularly his track, but we know that this is going to be a prep run for the King George, so he wouldn't really be... He, I'll be, I wouldn't be signing with him. I do think it's between Lost in Translation and Bristol to May, and probably just edging towards Lost in Translation. Bit worried about Nigel Twiston Davis's runners. They've maybe not been as running as well as they normally do. Um, over the last few weeks, they normally do quite well at this time of year, but they haven't probably been performing at their best. Colin Tizard's again a trainer that's taken a while to come to to the boil, but. I think even though, yes, he is operating at around about 20% strike rate at the moment and he has had a few winners, I think a few of them have been a bit fortuitous. El Dorado Allen, you could say, was a bit fortuitous. Big breakaway was just, um, wasn't exactly, I thought, top-notch, but still a, a great, it was a good performance. Um, Fiddler on the Roof was, again, maybe a little bit fortunate last week and he had another winner. So, yeah, Colin Tizard, really hard to know still where we are with them. Um, but, yeah, lost in translation, third in the Gold Cup, won this race last year. And the thing about him as well, he ran really well when Tizard went to uh, Cheltenham with a lot of hopes and none of his horses ran particularly well. It was only lost in translation, really, that flew the stable flag. Big breakaway, ran okay in the Ballymore to finish in fourth. But, yeah, I just think from a class basis, we know Bristol Demai, this is his, his um, Gold Cup every year, but I just worry, worry now if maybe he's age is catching up with him a little bit and lost in translation those younger legs might come through but uh keeper hill as well i should mention about him um one of this meeting last year i think he might just not be quite as effective over this trip i think maybe two and a half might might be his ideal conditions but yeah he, he could maybe run an absolute blinder but yeah lost in translation not original but i think he'd probably just be good enough to get the job done i think he's a bit short i learned the ten in places would you be touching that I wouldn't be having a bet in the race. Uh, it's just a sit, uh, sit and watch and take note kind of race for me. Lost in translation, I think, deserves to be that kind of price, you know, because I think the first three in the market, I think they're all priced accordingly. And Bristol and May, you, he he hasn't won for a little while now, even though he's run some good races still and did run a great race last year. You, you know, he's 
you, if he if he'd beaten Lost in Translation last year, I would have said he would have been favourite. But the way that Lost in Translation won this race last year and finished third in the Gold Cup, he brings the best form to the table, and his 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 price is right. He doesn't deserve to be odds on. I think five to four is fair, and um, yeah, I, I think his price is fine. It's quite an interesting way to look at, it, Chris. Um, I would slightly favour for Bristol to Mike, so I think that's going to be his Cheltenham. Both stables aren't. In great form, but I was slightly favour Bristol to my uh, Kay Clements. Are we with Keeper Hill here, or well, one of the top of the bang? Um, I'm with Bristol. I think Keeper Hill will surprise people. Um, he's the only one in the race that's actually got a run under him. Um, so I think he will do better than people expect him to. Um, but I'm with Bristol. I mean, lost in translation when last year. Um, but He'd had a run then, hadn't he? And Bristol hadn't. And this year, it's even Keel. Neither of them have had a run. Um, I'm hoping the little grey wonder will do it. Yeah, I would slightly favour for Bristol Demai as well. Um, and Keeper Hill for forecast purposes. You know, Keeper Hill with that little bit of info from, from Katie could be a decent bet to be without the top two in the betting. I mean, Chris, if you're thinking Clan does a bowl, you need to run as well. If you could get double figure prices, would you play that? Yeah, yeah, quite possibly, you know. Clan is a hard one, but to be fair, I remember a couple of years ago when he did went and he won the King George first time out, a lot of shrewd people were saying actually he ran really well in this race, you know, and he was a real eye catcher. So yeah, me, 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 Clan, who knows? If both the first two don't turn up, he you can't discount him, um, even though he you, we know he well needed it. And he did run really well last year in the Down Royal Champion Chase. So yeah, it's a really competitive Tough race to really work out, but for me, yeah, lost in translation. But if you wanted to bet, have a bet on Keep Hill. If yeah, a couple of the main contenders didn't turn up, I think if you could get maybe double figure prices to finish in the first two, why not? It's interesting you mentioned about Clenders of Bowl when he when he ran in two thousand and eighteen. When I was actually in a trading room at the time, we took a ten thousand pound each way bet at fourteen to one, and we were nervous at one stage. It ran a great race, but. Katie Clements, Bristol Demai. I'm with Bristol Demai as well. Best price available, 15 to 8. Chris Loder, Lost in Translation. Trudy, 11 to 8. Best price available. Moving on to the 335 My Odds Boost Odds on Bet Stairs Handicap Chase. We'll start with Katie Clements. What do you like here? Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> I uh, may have had an entire bottle of red wine when I made this decision, but I've gone with she needed the run. Um, and Chris's response to that was she probably will. I hope you're not talking about it before you came on this podcast, Kay, because that, that first 24, is it 40 to one, the first one or 25s? You had a bottle of red wine before you came on here? or was Oh, it... not today. No, last night when I was looking through, um, okay. through the entries. Well, listen, if the first one wins in the first race, you have a, a bottle of red every night, okay? Yeah, I will do it, don't you worry. <laughs> right. Sorry, so back on to the free fire five hate all. Where's the winner? Uh so I've put forward she needed the run. Um I like Sam Alwood as trainer. Um I think it's an interesting horse to look at. Um but yeah, I don't it was one of those races where I found it really, really tough to make a decision. Um and I was trying not to do a heart overhead decision for this, um, but it's not a race where I'd be having a bet. I don't think I can't. I can't find a firm angle for me. 
Um, she needed the run. Uh, best price available, 12 to 1. It's 17 runner handicap. I mean, this is what lucky loaders lives for. Um, it's not a race that I would be getting involved in. Um, but Chris Loader, over to you. Um, surprisingly, I, I agree uh, with both of you. It's not really a race that's gripping me by the horns. You know, it's not. It's, it's really tricky. There's sometimes actually not been a bad race over the years. Vintage Clouds won this a couple of years ago. So it's not always a, a bad race. And sometimes it can produce a Grand National horse to possibly follow. So, again, it's probably a race where you would want the notebook out and be jotting down maybe a few eye catchers from it and see how we go. Um, the one that I do think it is interesting, and I wonder if you might go for a race like the Welsh National, possibly later on down the line, is Midnight June for Anthony Honeyball. Um, ben Godfrey's already booked, claiming a handy seven pounds off 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 her back, and uh, he he rode a winner for um, Anthony at Plumpton with Le Cornet at uh, yeah Plumpton on Monday. So n- not a bad jockey. He's actually had three winners actually looking at him in the last fortnight from seven rides. So he's a, he's a man in form. Um, and this midnight change has been such an admirable mare for a long time. You know, I I, I remember backing her a few times during her career. Um, and yeah, I just think maybe ha- given a, a few, um, races over extreme distances this season might be the way to go for her. She absolutely relishes, um, soft ground, soft, heavy ground. She's got a good record on it. One concern would be she did pull up, uh, in the Peter Marsh chase here at the track last year, but it was a bit of a funny race last year. Um, I remember actually that's the day we were at Ascot and I did back vintage clouds that day. Uh, who, who won that race um so maybe, so maybe it wasn't a bad race for me but um yeah th- that would be maybe a slight negative however i just think yeah it's it's not really a a race to get get involved in the the, the one horse that is interesting but you would think that's probably come a little bit too soon is uh, cloudy glenn for venetia williams now uh, this horse would have to carry um a penalty um, but was a very impressive winner of the Southern National at um, Fontwell on Sunday, uh, where everyone else was looking at Cheltenham. But yeah, go back and watch a race replay of this horse. It was a it was a great performance, and this horse is only still uh, a seven year old and ran uh, some nice races last season, including behind Desaba, which a few I know shrewd people fancied to go well at the Cheltenham Festival. So, so yeah, Cloudy Glen just. A horse for the notebook and be interesting if, if he did turn up but yeah it's not a race for me uh but i thought midnight tune could be an interesting uh choice midnight tune is currently eight to one best price available um cloudy glenn seven to two favorite and a 17 runner handicap um it's one i actually seen as well an old boy an old favorite don polly of 130 um, do you think he needs another 10 miles here, Katie, or what do you think? <laughs> um, so, interestingly, I rode out at Dan Skelton's um, before they announced to the public that they had Don Polly, and I rode um, Cobra, my upside Don Polly, um, and he looked in great form. Um, so, I think, you know, I think he'll run well, um, but you've got a couple of old boys. You've got Don Polly and you've got Perfect Candidate. And I rode PC at Fergal O'Brien's recently and he's running well and working really well at home for a lad of his age. Um, but yeah, it's not 
I can't see where I'd have a bet here. There's too many different ways that you could look at the race for me. He won the race last year, actually, perfect candidate. So, um, yeah, maybe one to... He's an absolute gentleman. One to keep on side, maybe. Some inside info um, on Katie Clements there on the old favourite, Don Polly. Um, perfect candidates, 12 to 1, best price available. Um, certainly be one, one to keep an eye on in the betting. Uh, moving on to the Carter Ascot on Saturday. We're going to start on a 205 Chanel Pharma 1965 Chase Grade 2. Chris Loder, what do you like here? Yeah, um, interesting that uh, all four runners in this, despite it being a, a small field, are all jocked up. So you're hoping that they're all going to make the final field. And it would be, I think it could be an awesome race. Remember, this was the race last year. We had surname uh, Vialtio, maybe not quite that level this year, but yeah, a really interesting affair here. Um, Imperial Aura is going to turn up here, and we obviously know, like we said, uh, one of our uh, guests that regularly comes on, Paul Callahan, loves this horse, but I don't know about Imperial Aura. Um, maybe isn't for me. The one that I really want to come out here and lay down a marker is Real Steel. I've been going on about him to win the King George ever since it was known that he's gone to Paul Nichols. I think he's going to be the one that slips um, under the radar, possibly. And it'd be interesting to see if he if he does win this and goes on to the King George, who would ride him. We did speak about it because I put him up in my tote 10 to follow. Because um, we know Sam Twist and Dave is going to ride Clan. You imagine if Surname turns up, Harry Cobden's going to go on there. So would Brownie maybe um, pick up the ride? Possibly. And she might be able to get a good tuning out of him. But she's actually booked to ride Black Horton. So... She, she can never be separated from him every time he's entered at the course. But yeah, real steel. Um, I think it's a good starting point for him, you know, two and a half miles. I think is his ideal trip in the long run. However, I think around, around a sharp three miles around Campton, that would absolutely suit him because we know what he did in the Gold Cup last year. Everybody knows how well he travelled into the racing and just maybe didn't quite find... Um, find as much as he looked like he had in the tank at the time. So, yeah, real steel um, is the one I would like to win this race. Itchy feet, Ollie Murphy can't get a handle on his horses at the moment. Um, keeps getting a lot of short price uh, favourites beaten. And then when you don't expect him to have a winner, he gets a winner. So, itchy feet will have to uh, come forward from that run in the old Rowan. Um, and Black Horton, for me, I think he the be his best days are behind him now and we'll be seeing him running well in probably grade three handicaps and probably be outclassed. So yeah, uh, real still, I want him to go and do the business here. Currently best price available two to one uh, with Paddy Power at the moment. Um, I know Imperial Auras, Paul Callahan's a big fan of this one, um, especially in his top 10. So Chris Loder will be hoping the real steel does the business here for a little match bet. Um, Katie Clements, what do you like here? Uh, I, again, I agree with Chris. I'd go with Real Steel. There is just the fact that he's the only one in the field that hasn't had a run, but he's a really smart horse. There's, you can't pick fault, really, can you? So we have a full house for the first time today. Yeah, right. let's do it. Yeah. Two, two to one Real Steel. You know, I'll go on as well. All aboard. All on. Let's get it all on. The only one thing I would say um, about Real Steel, that fingers crossed he can go and do it, the Jared Sullivan horses that have moved to Nichols, they haven't necessarily been firing on all cylinders. Duke de Deneva was probably one of his better efforts to finish second in the Schler at Cheltenham. And also as well, 
Stormy Islands, not maybe lived up to expectations, and he's had a couple of nice handicappers. So, yeah, real steel, I think, would be the first Jared Sullivan horse that would have won for Nichols if he does win this race. So, yeah, just just something to maybe have at the back of your mind. An interesting little input there from Chris Loader. Um, two to one best price available, real steel Imperial Aura leads the betting at five to four in this race. Uh, moving on to 240, the Coral Hurdle Grade 2, Katie Clements, what do you like here? this is another one where i couldn't make a decision and i'd sat drinking a bottle of red wine um i am clueless here but i put forward call me lord i i like a nikki henderson horse so i'm just gonna go with that route call me lord currently three to one best price available um for nikki henderson and james bowen takes a right um Chris Loder, I know that you're a big fan of Goshan. Um, is this your place lay of the weekend? Uh, I don't even think he'll turn up here. Um, so, so it's not. I, I think he'll possibly. Well, I don't know. They'll probably be scared. I don't think he'll run here, or I don't think he'll run um, in the fight in fifth at Newcastle next week. I, I think, think Chris, Chris, sorry, but you, but you want him to run so you can get a price here. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I do. Um, I know Goshan. I don't know if Katie is in his fan club. Um, you have to admire, obviously, the horse. You know, he's such an enthusiastic horse. But there are a lot of people out there that absolutely love this horse and won't have a bad word said against him. Um, but for me, I would read into his flat runs on what we've seen so far. I know a lot of people say, oh, you can't read into that. But like I said on a podcast when we were previewing the elite hurdle when we thought he was going to run there, sometimes horses that maybe have these quirks, like if they're maybe a bit keen, but we know like when they are keen, they're good and they're at the top of their game. When they're not doing things like that, um, that would concern me. Even though you might think like, for example, they might be switched off in a race and look good, but then they don't find so much. But when maybe they're keen, they do find. It's, it's weird how horses work. Um, but this Goshen, yeah, going back to him... Um, yeah, when he before he ran in the triumph or he went over hurdles last season, he was seen quite a few times and really testing ground. And he was really enthusiastic and he was absolutely bolting up um, on the flat in handicaps. Now, arguably, you could say that some of his flat runs this season have been a little bit more trickier than what he was running in before on the flat. However, to me, he, he just lacked that enthusiasm or that spark. Um, maybe the hurdles might rejuvenate him, but yeah, for me, Goshen, um, I think he's eight to one in places for the champion hurdle. Uh, for me, he, I, I really, I don't buy into him, even though the triumph, I think is actually not a bad race. Uh, despite people knocking it, we've seen all mankind, despite tower come up. So yeah, Goshen, are you, um, is, uh, are you in the fan club, Katie, for Goshen? Uh, no. No, I don't know what it is about him. I've never been entirely taken, although he has beat a horse that I do really like in Time White. Um, so I should maybe be on his side. But yeah, there's just something that makes me doubt him. Yeah, he's sure enough in the bang. I mean, six to four in places. Um, you've actually hoping he runs in, Chris. Um, I think what we should do here is just have a little match bit, okay? Call Me Lord versus Song for Someone. Um, or a bottle of red wine, okay? And I just want to add, right? 
Chris Loda has a terrible record of match bets here. Okay. Oh, here I go. think you're one on one here, Katie. Okay. I thought you were going to say a terrible taste in red wine. I was like, not oh, interested then. <laughs> geez, back in the days, uh, used to live in a in um at uni with flatmate. All my flatmates were girls, and I used to buy them Blossom Hill wine every time I uh, upset them. <laughs> so I don't know. That's probably where I'd go down again. Probably, probably not Katie's taste. But uh, I'm be... absolute gentleman, Chris Loder. But yeah, listen, I'm. I think. Call me lords against song for someone. It's a one on one. Um, I think I'm quite a good judge on this as well, Chris, on match bets. And obviously, your record um, speaks for itself in match bets. Yeah, exactly. I should probably actually talk about why I fancy song song for someone. You got ahead of me then, uh, Mark, um, because this would probably be my bet of the weekend. But um, yeah, song for someone. I think this horse. Um, yeah, I think he. We still haven't seen the best of him. And if you go back through a lot of his form last season. He was really progressive and ran really well. Um, I bolted up in a handicap at Fontwell off the mark of 138, and he just kept improving and improving. Just bumped into Thomas Darby in a grade three at Ascot, and then uh, won uh, the the reorganised Kingwell at Kempton. And he's just a horse, I think, that's got a lot more potential to come, and he could be possibly a bit of a left-field shot for... A race like the champion hurdle, but probably wouldn't be good enough to win. But yeah, song for someone, really interesting horse. Also, I probably should mention Lorena. Uh, Lorena going to be making her first appearance in here for uh, for uh, Paul Nichols since moving to uh, Willie Mullins. Already spoke about how several of uh, the Jared Sullivan horses haven't maybe quite reached their height yet for Nichols. Maybe it's just taken them a little bit of a while to to get to know how how, how they work. But uh, yeah, Lorena. Wouldn't be for me. Um, be interesting to see if she goes over fences. Does she stay over hurdles? Um, was a classing mare a couple of uh, years ago, but she really does need to to bounce back for her, to her best. Um, if she's going to be winning this race, um, just be interesting to see how she gets on. But uh, yeah, Lorena wouldn't be for me, and song for someone like I said, uh, would me would be my bet of the weekend. So to round up the two forty curl hurdle. Grade two, Chris Loder likes song for someone six to one. Obviously, as you heard earlier, Chris Loder's a big fan of Goshan. That's his place lay of the weekend. He comments is with Call Me Lord at three to one. And there is a match bet on this as well, where Chris Loder is probably going to lose. And he's due Katie Clements a bottle of red wine, um, which I'm going to make sure he sends. Anyway, moving on to the 315 Coral Hearst Park Handicap Chase. Katie Clements, what do you like here? Uh, I have put forward a Moolah Gold. Um, I've liked the horse under on its last few runs. It's not carrying a great deal of weight. Yeah, I think he's got a shot. He's currently 13 to 2 best price available um, for Dan Skelton. Uh, have you rolled this one before, Katie? I haven't, no. I've seen him working um, and he looked great, but that was six six or seven weeks ago now um so it's had some time to improve at home as well my follow-up question here the, the important question who is he working with if he's on 138 i am not sure i didn't see him upsides anything he was just in, working in the string so not giving much away there for Katie Clements. Uh, I did. <laughs> I'm not allowed to give anything away. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd put you under a bit of pressure there. <laughs> You'll tell me off camera. Anyway, Chris Loder, what do you like here? Oh, don't mention Amula Gold. Just don't, because I was on Iblio 
last time who looked like <laughs> looked like he, he was going to slush up but didn't really find that much and they're going to be reopposing again they're actually off level weights that day um amuda gold and iblio um and actually the iblio is going to be getting a pound would it have made that much of a difference probably not um and I'm gonna go away from them. I think Capeland could be interesting here, and there's a bit of a price. I remember he was favourite for that race when he departed. Uh, it was, I think it was Brian aboard that day departed early. Imagine Cobden might get the leg up if he's going to be riding at Ascot, because uh, I I know Magic Saint is the favourite in this race, but I don't think he'll run here. He if the ground is going to be on the soft side, which it should be, he doesn't like soft ground at all. He he is best set. He's best on a on a good surface, so um, probably he won't turn up. So I imagine Cobden probably get the the leg up on Capeland, and Capeland is an interesting horse. We all remember last year um, when uh, he uh, got badly impeded by stablemate Diego de Charmil. Um, that that was the odd odd incident, wasn't it? When uh, didn't he got didn't he go between like the rail and the birch or something? Um, uh, at the last and Capeland, poor Capeland, uh, had no chance that day. But then he got his revenge on his next start, and he actually won this race last year. So I'm hoping that history might be able to repeat itself, and uh, Capeland, who I think's been a little bit ignored in the market, might be the way I would play. This race last year was its his last win, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Capeland yeah. it was. Um, bit of an Ascot specialist, I think. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think hopefully history can repeat itself and a bit bit of a fun, bit. I think that 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 race when he uh, got outed by Diego de Charmel, I think a lot of people will be watching the YouTube video for many years to come. Yeah, it was absolutely bizarre, wasn't it? What actually happened? You know, I know there was a little bit of dispute after. Um, should the winner actually keep the race? Um, absolutely crazy. Um, Cape Lands with this one today. Well, for Saturday's race, um, seven to one best price available. Um, you'd imagine if Paul Nichols Miller's runner Magic Saint doesn't run, could potentially go off maybe nine to two, four to one chance. Should be strong in the betting that day. Um. Katie Clements likes Dan Skelling's Amula Gold, um, which is currently 11 to 2, best price available. Um, and that rounds up Ascot. Um, what I'm going to do from both of you, um, we're going to start with, with the Naps, and then we're going to jump on uh, any other bets of the weekend. We'll start with the Naps. Katie Clements, no pressure. What are we with for the Naps? No pressure. Um, so I'm going to go with Ewood Park. Um, sticking with my allegiances with the McNeil family. Um, so entered into the 1210 at Haydock, has also got an entry on the Tuesday, so it's providing um, he shows up for this race. Um, he was running brilliantly last time out when um, him and jockey Adrian had a bit of a miscommunication. Adrian asked for a really long stride and Ewood went, oh, I'm going to chip one in and um, tipped him over his shoulder. Um, but since then, I believe Ollie Murphy has sent him to the event rider, Laura Collip, some jump schooling. Um, and the girl that rides him out every day, Lizelle, um, says he's in fine form. So he would be my pick for this weekend. 
there's a little bit of inside info um, some more from Katie Clements. Um, I do know you're quite bullish on this one. Um, it could potentially be a famous double for the McNeil family of seven. Um, I do think Ewood Park is going to be quite a decent price as well, so I'll have a little bit on that each way. Um, Chris Loder, what are you with? Yeah, I already mentioned Song for Someone. I think um, Tom Simmons' team have been red-hot form, I should have said earlier on, been in great form of late, having many, many winners. And this Song for Someone, I think he's going to be their stable, or he is their stable star. And I just think he's going to... Um, He's going to go to another level and he could be maybe a, a left field one for a champion hurdle maybe. But yeah, I think uh, Song of Someone, I've been waiting for him to run for a little while. He's had a few entries and I think uh, I think he if he gets declared, he'll be the one to beat. It's currently best price available, 6-1 to one for Chris Loder. Um, but listen, that, that rounds up the, the top races we're looking at for... Rock and Ascot this Saturday. Um, appreciate your time, Katie. Um, and let's hope you can get a winner or two, preferably seven, and he would part would be a famous double. Yeah, or a bottle of wine. Yeah, well, listen, that's 101 anyway, Chris. But nothing to worry about on that. <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. Uh, and obviously, thanks again, Lucky Loaders, uh, marking the card for us. And obviously, to all the listeners as well, make sure you follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And make sure you gamble responsibly. Have a good weekend, guys. Cheers.